Uh, that's one thing I'm good for. Disgusting sound effects. <laughs> Episode 10 of Power Play. My name is Jim Jones. And I am Peter Street. And we have another great show for you tonight. So why don't you go ahead and introduce the show segments tonight, Peter. This time, Jim, we're going to be talking about uh, gaming burnout. And I think we've all probably been affected by this. Yeah, I know I have. I'm actually just now starting to come out of burnout. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm starting to see the light of uh, the morning star again. And, the, uh, yeah, so we'll discuss some of the symptoms of gaming burnout and exactly how you can break the cycle and get back into being enthusiastic again about video games. Then we will discuss uh, listener questions. There's been uh, quite a bit of questions asked to us on the forums. And we will discuss some of these questions in depth, and afterwards we'll discuss uh, what we've been playing, as I am just recently trying to recover from gaming burnout, I will have a much shorter list than you, Jim, who has been gaming um, pretty much 24 hours a day, 7 days a week for the last month. Yeah, the list would make it seem like I have, wouldn't it? It's quite impressive. Yeah, but we'll get to that. In the meantime, we're going to talk about gaming burnout. As you said, I'm sure pretty much everybody has experienced this at one point or another. I know I went through this probably uh, maybe a year back, and and it was a period that lasted actually a long time, like a couple, a few years probably. And it was just a period where I didn't really feel like playing games. They just didn't seem fun. Yeah, I can kind of remember you... Not really being at all enthusiastic about games when I would like call you up and talk to you. Yeah. I was wondering what the hell is wrong, you know? Because why wouldn't you be interested in games? Because there was a time before I experienced my first burnout that I basically felt that, you know, no matter what else is going on in my life, (laughs) at least I'll have games, you know? Yep. I mean, I could be dying of cancer. At least I'd find a smile <laughs> if I turned on my latest game console. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, burnout's a big issue, actually, because I've recently had many many about with it since then. But you went through it for years? Yeah, it... I'll, to tell you the truth, it was shortly after uh, the Dreamcast came out. Uh, not too shortly after, maybe a year or so. But uh, yeah. at that point, I just... I don't know what it was. I just stopped really caring about games. And 
of course, as you can tell now, I'm I recovered from gaming burnout since I do a podcast about them. <laughs> Maybe. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah. When you, when you hear the list of games I've been playing this last few weeks, you'll know I've recovered from gaming burnout. Yeah, you'll have to tell me how you came out of the slump. Yeah, but that's one of the things I mean, we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about like how how you can tell that uh, you're suffering from gaming burnout, and also how you can break the slump, break the cycle. Yes. And I'm trying to think how I felt when I was suffering from gaming burnout. And to be honest, it's hard to think, it's hard to to go back to that now that I'm out of that slump. Yeah, it's like trying to ask somebody what it was like to be you know, a man after you've had your first sex change. <laughs> exactly like that, as a matter of fact. <laughs> the very same feeling, really. Gaming burnout is a lot like a sex change. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is if gaming's really important to you. I mean, gaming was my e-peen for a while. E-peen, yeah. Yeah, true. You were, uh, you were always like that, playing the newest games and kind of reveling in the fact that you were playing the newest games. Yeah, and then I... Maybe, maybe I think my first one came about the time I couldn't afford, like, the latest and greatest. No. No, I could afford it. It was... It was about the time when PlayStation 2 was about to come out. Uh Uh-huh. And PlayStation 2 was not impressive at all to me. And I just, I got disillusioned because it seemed like Sony was trying to market a DVD player. <laughs> Imagine and it's that. it's similar to what they're trying to do now with the PlayStation 3. But then it they're was a smart idea. Yeah, then it seemed smart, but I actually, that was not, in my opinion, even back then, I thought that was a stupid idea. And I was actually working at, in retail still at the damn time. I've been in retail for like a hundred fucking years. <laughs> But I was working at at a Target at the time, Mm -hmm. and back there in electronics, I remember telling everybody that they should not buy a PlayStation 2 because I had seen videos of the PlayStation 2 games. They didn't seem as impressive as the current uh, generation Dreamcast titles of the day. Yeah, true. And I had heard, you know, that the PlayStation 2 had trouble with certain features like anti-aliasing mm-hmm. on like tech and tag tournaments and it just ended up looking grainier than like it would on Dreamcast. Plus I said to the folks at the time Dreamcast was relatively inexpensive compared to the PlayStation 2 because it wasn't a DVD player also. Yeah. And I told people you can actually buy a DVD player that's a, a dedicated standalone and a Dreamcast for the same price as a PlayStation 2, and I told them that, you know, you'd really be doing yourself a favor because you'd be getting better graphics, better games, and a DVD player that was a dedicated unit for the same price. And I think, I still hold to that advice. I think I was giving people good advice. Well, it would have been good advice had the Dreamcast survived for more than a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, who, who could have foreseen that after its great amount of uh, support and and love through the community that it would be killed. I mean, the first system Sega had done right (laughs) in generations of failure, and that's the one that they cut short and kill early. What the fuck? I don't know. 
I do not know. Can't explain that one. But it, it sounds like you were going through gaming burnout at the same time I was, pretty much. Or at least at yeah, the beginning was, of when I was. Yeah, I think uh, mine hit a little bit after yours. Yeah. Because uh, I was still very adamant about the Dreamcast. I think it was when they they actually I heard, heard, had heard the news, and I can still remember the day. It was on March... Um, the last day of March in the year 2000. In the year 2001. 2000. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, God. Good skit, especially since they kept doing it after the year 2000. Yeah. Anyway, um, yes. It was March 15th, actually, of the year 2001. Mm-hmm. And that's when I heard that they had stopped production on Dreamcast. And when I heard they pulled the plug on that... I started to go, what the hell is happening to my beloved gaming industry? It pulled it? the plug on your gaming light. Love yes, because, I mean, it seemed like that system was really trying to appeal to gamers more than PS2 was. Yeah. At least at, at the time it was. And it seems like it was really like gaming in general started to take a turn for the mass market when PlayStation 2 really came out. Because I think Sony did a smart strategy. When when they did PlayStation 1, they knew that their target audience was going to be the hardcore gamer. Yeah. So they got a lot of gaming companies to develop for them that would do sequels to some of the harder core games. Like, I mean, a bold, brilliant move was to get Squaresoft to make Final Fantasy VII on your machine. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that was just genius. I mean, how epic was that? I mean, Square was almost equivalent. I mean, you thought Squaresoft, you thought Nintendo. Yeah, true. Pretty pretty much synonymous. And then suddenly they're going to this brand new, funky, technology-filled, polygon-pushing PlayStation. And wow, what what a deadly combination. And you just saw the amazing graphics of the original system, uh, PlayStation 1, and it was having sequels to other notable titles like Metal Gear, the Metal Gear series, and having great, you know, fighting games and racing games and everything. Yeah. It was just uh, a very, very well put together lineup of titles and a lot of third party support. And then PlayStation 2 comes out. And, you know, they're trying to sell movies with it, and it's got problems with its ability to, you know, anti-alias and uh, do other graphics features. And at the same time, initially, that first year, the launch lineup was pretty sad. I mean... Yeah, yeah, it was oh, bad. Uh, oh, I want to play Bounce <laughs> Squaresoft. Who gives a fuck about... Yeah, no You thanks. know, it was just like... I'll take Soul yeah. Calibur on Dreamcast, please. <laughs> Yes, exactly. I mean, come on. Grandia yep. 2. Yep. Yeah, I started to to kind of give up on gaming for the first time in that era because it just seemed like uh, that the people that I had spent years trying to sell games to as a valid entertainment medium mm-hmm. had finally taken over, and instead <laughs> of that being a good thing... It ended up being like the thing I I like lobbied for for years was that people respect me because I'm a gamer. Yeah. Because by God, gaming is a, a fantastic uh, art form. It's a great entertainment medium. It's a great storytelling medium, and it's so many beautiful things. And I wanted to to share that with people. I wanted to get people excited about it, and I tried <laughs> to do that for years and years. 
and oh my god, look at me, I've succeeded. And right when, you know, it seemed like when I did gaming with the hell, <laughs> it just went straight down the shitter. Right after it caught on. Wow. Because it was like they weren't, they didn't care about the people who had had uh, been gaming enthusiasts for years. Right when the masses yeah. started to enjoy games, they were like, sell them whatever shit they think's <laughs> exciting. I don't care if it's good anymore. If, if it's flashy and, and, and if it makes a good commercial, we'll make a game out of it, you know? I just lost touch. Yeah. At that time, I in it the breaking point for me the first time I experienced burnout was I did something that I'll never forget because it's changed my view of games ever since. What's that? I took all of my consoles that I had had since I was five years old, all the games that I had stored up in all the shoe boxes that you can imagine in my closet. I took every single console, controller, memory card, and game and sold the entire lot of it in one day. Mm, wow. That's burnout for sure. <laughs> yeah, including my fucking Fantasy Star Online character that I'd had like weeks of play to, to level up. Wow. I deleted that character, and it was like deleting part of my soul. That probably would go in our biggest gaming regrets episode <laughs> for you. Actually, I don't really regret it, because really? I would probably not be doing this podcast if it weren't for that moment. Because I, I was so addicted to games, I had no time for anything else. Wow. And I, I would not have made time for for a show like this if I hadn't been able to to initially break my addiction by doing what I did on that fateful day. Or you'd be one of the guys who plays games until they die. Yeah, if I you mean if I hadn't done that? Yeah, a marathon session and you just keel over dead. Yeah, like the uh the many fabled times that supposedly happened with uh, <laughs> Diablo 2. Yeah, except they failed to mention that all of them were on heroin at the time. Yeah. Yeah, that slight detail was overlooked. Yeah. In the and were crushed by a falling piano. They forget about those facts. What? Is that true? <laughs> no. That's not true. <laughs> oh. Okay, I was going to say, well, why are you gaming underneath a huge piano? <laughs> yeah. Especially for a long block of time. <laughs> Eight days under a piano. I'm going to put my laptop right here underneath this piano. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? You're just asking. For yeah, it. you are. It's I like think trying to game underneath an elephant's ass. <laughs> You're asking to get shit on. <laughs> You're asking to get shit on. Oh boy. Yeah, I think uh, the thing that really, now that I look back on it, the thing that really marked my gaming burnout and the thing that allows me to recognize it now is the fact that I stopped playing a lot of single-player games and really only played multiplayer games. Like I didn't play when I was by myself. I only played with friends. It was became more of a social thing for me and less about the games. What do you mean? How did that contribute? It it didn't contribute. It's what it's what I see looking back now that happened. I I can't really think of the cause of why I got burnout on games. It's just maybe it was, it was around the time you mean it was games were turning into more of a a social thing to you? Because that seems like that's what gaming's about, in a way. It seems well, like you'd be stronger. Uh, you mean, I mean, that's when a lot of people actually develop gaming addiction, is because 
they finally discover an online game, for example, like uh, World of Warcraft or Battlefield or yeah, Counter Strike you know, for me. Counter Strike, yeah. yeah. I mean, when they—that's when my cousin basically became uh, completely enveloped in gaming. <laughs> is yeah, my cousin uh, Ace Jace, the famous Ace Jace. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Basically, uh, winner of a lot of Quake tournaments. Yeah, we've never talked about that <coughs> on the show. Your cousin is actually the famous Ace Jace, or Ace yeah. Jazz, <laughs> however you yeah, want to say it. Yeah, depending on if you want to pronounce it wrong and invoke his wrath, <laughs> it's uh, Ace Jazz, but no, Ace Jace, yeah, I am uh, related to a famous uh, gaming icon. Yep, and if you look it up on the web, you can find pictures of Ace Jace with uh, John Carmack and yep. QuakeCon and yes, all sorts indeed. of events. That's right. You can even find demos of his play, playing some of the best players in the world at Quake. Yeah, that's uh, that would be my cousin. Yeah, <laughs> the cousin that <laughs> used to come over to my house and play ping pong with us. Of all things, yeah. I... That's weird. Like, can you imagine saying to someone, "Oh, Fatality and I were playing ping pong when I was younger." Yeah. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? But it really happened. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, he's not—he's uh, not famous on the scene nowadays anymore. Yeah. But uh, he's definitely—he can be found. He back in I would say the more hardcore time period. He was, uh, you know, because people who are famous today—I mean, it's. I don't know. There's there's just so many so many ways to get lost in the crowd because, yeah. like I say, I think gaming is much more mass media, definitely mass market. But back in the day when uh, gamers were gaming, um, you had uh, Ace Ace Jace, yep, and uh, some of the most amazing matches you could ever see. He was uh, he was a genius at at both the uh, Doom Two. And uh, Quake, and I, I really will never forget going into his place and seeing the this really cool looking uh, Quake logo, but it's a trophy he got huh. uh, for winning one of the the tournaments of, of Quake or getting he maybe got second that time. I know he was won several prizes too, but yeah, he uh, he almost was in competition with Thresh for that uh, Ferrari. John Carmack's first Ferrari, I believe it was John Carmack, one of the id people. Yeah. But he couldn't compete because I guess he didn't have broadband. Oh, lame. Because I, I guess he, he didn't like playing because uh, one of the tiers in the competition was an online match, and he didn't have... Uh, we both... I lived right across the street from him for years. Yeah. We were out in the sticks and just had dial-up. I don't even think broadband was available at the time, but he was... He was getting lagged, so he couldn't compete. Uh, he should have gone to an internet cafe. Would have been. Uh, did they exist back then? Back in the Quake, Quake One days. Uh, yeah, I think Netheads in Indianapolis did Broad Ripple. I don't know, but uh, yeah, one of my other memories of of his place was going over there and playing Rebel Assault on his PC. That was like one of the first <laughs> games I played, and that was uh, yeah. that was pretty cool. That and Indiana Jones. Which sucked. Well, were, yeah, and uh, <laughs> that was a great game. I loved that. <laughs> I hated it. Oh, I thought it was cool. Lucas Arts made hard games. Yeah, they did. Their games are always so difficult. But I can remember him being the complete opposite kind of gamer as me. 
um, in the sense that when I was growing up, I'd be, you know, he'd come over to the house and, what are you doing? Oh, I'm playing Mario Brothers. I'm about ready to throw a mushroom in Toad's mouth and beat the game. <laughs> and, you know, I would go over to his place and he'd be like online killing demons and Diablo 2. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, all these people are real people and I'm talking to them. And I'm like blown away. I'm like, they're real people? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I won't play games that are single player. Those are for sissies. <laughs> and the, this is so much better when you're actually playing with real people. And at the time, I'm totally bought it because I was like this is amazing and in a way you know he is kind of right you know it is in a way a lot more compelling to be playing with other you know people that you can actually yeah. learn you know develop a relationship with and you know game with several nights you know the same nights each week and have a clan it's I mean you should know how exciting that is oh definitely know. yeah long-time Counter-Strike player. Yep, but that brings me back around to what I was talking about earlier with my gaming burnout, which uh, I I now identify as when I stopped playing single-player games. I think what it was was, at the time I was about 17, and I had just gotten my license, uh-huh. and I was able to get out and do more with my friends. <laughs> a little bit of freedom. <laughs> yep, a little bit of freedom, and I think that's really what kind of led to my gaming burnout because I was having a lot more fun in the real world at that point than I was with games. The real world seemed so much more exciting. Yeah, because when you're that age, I mean, getting your license is huge. Yeah, that's pretty pretty enormous. Yeah, becoming mobile. Gargantuan. Yeah. So I think really that was what led to my gaming burnout. Yeah, it's so novel and amazing at the at the very beginning to be able to go anywhere you want. <laughs> yeah, you really feel like I, powerful. <laughs> you, yeah, you do. You really do. Like in control of your life. Yeah, your whole destiny is in your hands. Yep. And uh, uh, throwing a toad or throwing a mushroom in toad's mouth <laughs> doesn't seem quite so exciting anymore. <laughs> when you're going out to parties and drinking with your friends and. <laughs> yeah, well, I had to be religious. I lived at home. Nah. In a much more strict lockdown environment. So when I got my car, I that's when I got my first uh, microchip implant. So my parents <laughs> could, could monitor my uh, whereabouts. Not really. Yeah. But it was almost as bad. I mean, I w- there were no drunken parties and... I had to be home by a certain time, and it was much more strict in my house. So, I mean, I was still much more obliged to falling into uh, gaming as a form of uh, escapism. Yeah. Because I couldn't have that... I didn't have as much physical freedom, even when I got my license as you. So I I instead gained that sense of freedom through continual playing of games. All right. So I think that's why my burnout kind of was delayed. Yeah. But that's what I really meant by... I just noticed that I had become more uh, more inclined to play multiplayer games as opposed to single-player games. How would you break the slump, as it were? Oh, breaking the slump. Hmm, that's a whole other story. The game that broke Next the slump... Next time on Power Play... <laughs> yeah, you... Breaking the slump of gaming burnout. Ten easy steps. <laughs> well, I have one easy step, and the one easy step was play Counter-Strike, because that's the game that brought me <laughs> out of my slump. 
Yeah, I remember going over and you were always playing that, man. Yeah, Counter-Strike was... No, 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 no. You know what brought me out of my slump? What was it? Princess Peach. And Zelda at the same time. No, it was Counter-Strike, but it wasn't when I originally started playing Counter-Strike. Because I had played Counter-Strike for a while. Like, when we were going to lands and everything when I was younger. Yeah. And, uh... And it was the reemergence of Counter Strike. For some reason, I think it was my roommate who got me back into Counter Strike at the time, because he played a lot and he came from really? a PC gaming background, like strictly PC games. And uh, he was playing StarCraft a ton, and I never got into that game. But he played Counter Strike, and I was like, "Hmm, I wonder if I should get back into Counter Strike." And I did, and I of course got addicted, and ended up losing a job because of it. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> you lost a job. I lost a job. You re- really did. I. You've always said that. I thought you were joking. No, I am dead serious. I lost a job because of Counter Strike. Honest to God, you lost a job because of Counter yep. Strike. Came in, stayed up too late playing Counter Strike one too many times, and got in late to work one too many times. And you were fired. I was fired. Wow! Horrible. But now I do contracting work from home, and I love it. <laughs> so I can't say that I regret it all that much. Yeah, you'd probably still be there and miserable. Yeah, probably, yeah. So Counter-Strike saved my life. <laughs> Online gaming saved your life. Yep, Whatever. I'm going to write an article about that. Online but gaming saved my life. <laughs> Send it into be, Reader's Digest or something. That would be the... Uh, that would be like... I bet there's one of those articles per... Counter or online gaming destroyed my marriage, or yeah. online gaming ruined my family life, or online gaming resurrected my dead aunt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna write an article called EverQuest Ruined My Sanity. <laughs> EverQuest, yeah, yeah, EverQuest, that's the famous one. That was the first one that really gained. Notoriety. Didn't someone commit suicide for like losing their character or something on that game? Yeah, I think so. We- I mean I've heard I've heard really weird stories about a lot of wow addicts too. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. definitely been broken families, marriages and It's committed jobs. a share of murder, that's for sure. Yeah. There's <laughs> an equal amount of blood guilt on <laughs> World of Warcraft's conscience as there is on EverQuest probably. Yep. Well, you can write the bad articles. I'll write the good ones. All right. EverQuest 2 gave me children. What? Oh. <laughs> EverQuest 2 is the reason my son got a donor. Star Wars Galaxies cured by cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> anyway. It's a force. So what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, gaming brand. Uh, we're talking about how to break the, the cycle. Uh, well, I'll tell you how, how to do you, How cycle. do you get the fuck out of... When you're finally burnt out and you're sick of gaming, you don't... Well, let's quickly describe burnout, though. Okay, Because we've right. talked about how we've gone into burnout, but we've never really described how it feels to be um, in the midst of burnout. How would you... You go ahead and start. I'll describe it. You start. I'll describe how I feel while I'm while I'm burnt. How do I feel while burning? Oh, boy. That's a tough question. Yeah, it is. I'm, looking back on it... It's, it's a really tough question. I don't know if I can answer it. 
It's too yeah. tough. Oh, there's no <laughs> no question too tough on power. No play. question too tough for Jim Jones. I mean, surely during this time you had the opportunity to game. You just chose not to. Yeah, definitely. Isn't that right? I mean, I still owned gaming consoles at the time. I shit, I had a PC. I've never sold my PC off, so. So you could have gamed. Uh, oh, definitely, definitely could have gamed. So you had the option. You there were games unde- undefeated that you could have played. Definitely. And, and you, you know what? While I was burnt out, I missed a lot of good games that I wish I would have played. You know, you you, you really did. I, I missed a ton of them. Yeah, <laughs> you did. because I, only I would call you up and tell you about games that I. Would oh, I know. Playing. And you would be like, "Oh, wow, that actually sounds kind of cool," but you would never <laughs> play it. It it's been very recently, within the last maybe year and a half or so, that because uh, I, I hit br- gaming burnout twice actually. Once yeah. before my Counter-Strike days, and then once after my Counter-Strike days, and up until about a year and a half ago. Hmm. And and while I was burnt out, I really just did not feel the urge to play games. Like, I was I was having much more fun, like I said, with real life. Sure. And it just felt like games were kind of a waste of my time and pointless. And why the hell would I spend eight hours a day playing Counter-Strike like I would <laughs> in the future? Uh, when I could be out having fun with my friends or something. Yeah. And it was, and to be honest, my first gaming burnout was before I discovered the whole online community aspect of gaming. Before my first clan that I was in, before really much online gaming. I had been to LAN parties, and that was cool. And I still went to LAN parties during that time. Yeah. Because, like I said, the social aspect of it was great. I loved it. Yeah. But I just didn't feel the urge to play games when I was by myself. Huh. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't by myself as much. Maybe I had. I just didn't have as much time. So you didn't. Part of it was not feeling that it was a meaningful waste or a meaningful use <laughs> of your time. A meaningful waste. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> It just felt yeah. pointless. I guess I can relate to that. I mean, that's, that's kind of how I would... Uh, I can't remember... You know, I've al- already kind of described what led to my first great burnout with the uh, games. Yeah. But recently, I'm, I must confess that I have kind of burnt out again. And I'm just now starting to come out of it. So I'm fresh out of a burnout. The burning crusade burned you out, didn't it? <laughs> Maybe. I don't... <laughs> uh, that'd, that'd be ironic, but no. Um, I would describe it as similar to the way you described it, in in the sense that it feels like you're spending your time doing less than nothing. (laughs) Yeah, staring at a wall would be more worthwhile. Would actually be more productive (laughs) to your your well-being as a person than spending any more time pressing the two buttons, healing yourself (laughs) in Warcraft. Yeah. I mean, because there comes a time when, when my mind, at least with me, I go, what the fuck is this for? Yeah. Why the hell am I doing this? Why am I compelled to go on with this? Yep. And, you know, and it's not just while I'm playing the MMOs that you and 
Peter Dragon can't stand. <laughs> but it would be like I would try and pick up a, a game console controller or my DS, and I would try and go through another room in Hotel Dusk, and I'd be like, this is fucking fake. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I could think up a better plot when I, you know, I could shit one out on a rag, and it would be, you know, as inspired as some of the shit. I just, I just fail to see inspiration in any of, of, of certain games too. I'll, I'll put it, I'll put in a game, and I'll go. You know, what is the point in this game? Is it trying to better me as a person? Is it, is it trying to help me discover things about life and reality and the greater mysteries, or is it just, uh, is it just trying to fucking suck up your time, suck my time up? Yeah, and, and it your just money. seems seems like uh, you go through a period of time where you think that's all it's that's all it's doing, and you just stop doing it. And I, I can definitely relate to those feelings. I just got uh, got through with some of those. Yeah, and I did too. Like I said, I went through burnout twice, probably same as you. Because after I got into a clan, got in real big with Counter Strike, I kind of burn out again because maybe it was more about depression then because I lost my job and <laughs> it, uh, it wasn't too bright of a period and I kind of realized that playing games had kind of hurt me in a way so I kind of stopped playing and then I missed out oh man during that period I missed out on so many good PS2 games Oh yeah. that I probably will never get around to playing because there's just too much new stuff out there now too, many, too much has passed you by, and there's too much great stuff coming. You'll yep. probably never catch up. Yeah, so that's a shame. Part of what led to my burnout as well was a fear of being too into games, because at my peak, right before the valley of burnout, right at my peak of excitement about gaming, I was seriously verging on upset. It was verging on obsession. Yeah. Because I was, like, giving myself to games, and I was just totally... I would buy any new game that was out. I had I was living at home, so I had free money, and <laughs> I just had a money. lot. Well, it was like free money because you could do whatever you wanted. You didn't have to worry about rent, oh, and yeah, diapers, yeah. and you know, and all those other responsibilities that I now, as a father, have. Yeah. And when I had all that extra, I could just you know, oh fuck, a brand new game. I don't don't even care about this genre but I'll buy it you know and uh, and it wasn't just with those frivolous expenses either it was with uh, a lot of hardcore games that would take a lot of time and effort like uh, Fantasy I can Star. remember or Skies of Arcadia I remember yeah. buying that game and just completely letting it completely eat me up and and learning the nuances of the battle system and getting really emotionally attached to the characters and just totally giving myself over. Yeah. And it seemed like I was almost starting to be afraid of, you know, because I would constantly get, you know, talks from my parents and things about how <laughs> being too involved in games is going to make you a useless being and <laughs> you're going to be a bum and not care about your... You know, you'll never have a family or real life. You'll just be wrapped up in it for the rest of your life. That was one thing I noticed when you were going through gaming burnout. I would call you up to come over and... Or not when you were going through gaming burnout, but when you were kind of at your peak right before then. Uh -huh. uh, I would call you up to, like, come over, and you would refuse on the grounds that you were playing a game. 
yeah. and couldn't come over and hang out. So yeah, I, I didn't see it was the exact opposite of burnout. Yeah. I didn't see a point of of doing something besides games. <laughs> oh no! It was like that's just a why would I want to talk to you when I could play a game? <laughs> That's wow. kind of sounds rude, and I didn't. I don't think I ever put it that way, but that's no, probably no. what I was thinking. But yeah, I could definitely like, tell um, you were obsessed at some point. Yeah, be like, what's the point in socializing? I'm <laughs> just gonna need to play this game later. Yeah. Why don't I just play it now? Yeah. So that's uh, kind of how I felt. How did we come out of uh, the burnout? Well, like I said before, I came out of it because I moved in with. Uh, someone who played a lot of games and it just so happened that he he turned me on to uh, Counter-Strike again because he was playing a lot and I would occasionally sit down and play with him and and uh, I just got really involved we formed a clan and another guy at work uh, was the, like the leader of the clan and he kind of talked me into playing and so I, I got involved with it again and then I really started enjoying it because, like I said, I think it was more the social aspect of it. That's the big thing that got me addicted to Counter-Strike, is being in a clan and talking to all the people and having friends online. Yeah. Well, I never really uh, thought about it before now, but I think recently part of me coming out of the slums of gaming burnout involves... Pornographic games. Yes, beat 'em and eat 'em. If it wasn't for the beat 'em and eat 'em series, I probably to this day would not be a gamer. <laughs> no, that is and nothing boonga boonga. at all. Boonga boonga brought me out of my gaming slump. It was kaboom, is what did it. No, it was really. Kaboom! It reminded me of beat 'em and eat 'em and all those good times. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, <laughs> what I believe, I think. Recently, I purchased a game called Battlefield 2142. Oh, God. And I posted on the forums how I've also recently upgraded my PC. Mm -hmm. And I have this nice widescreen, high-def monitor. Shiny. I have uh, a nice, shiny Athlon dual-core 64 processor and a halfway decent GeForce card with a couple of gigs of DDR2 RAM. And I'm... I'm sitting on a pretty decent rig, a pretty sweet rig. Nice. And it can play Battlefield 2142, and it looks beautiful, plays beautiful. And this game is fun as hell. I don't know if you're very familiar with that series. Uh, familiar with the series, yeah. I've never played 2142, though. I played it's, uh, Battlefield. The Titan, Titan mode is, is, a, is a hoot. Yeah, I've seen it, and it looks really cool. It is a lot of fun. It's uh, like storming a Star Destroyer, basically. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, two opposing forces trying to gain control of missile silos so they can take uh, the shields down of this enormous, you know, Titan that's in the orbit. Yeah. And then you then you have to storm the Titan when the shields are down and, and go to the core and destroy it and then escape before it blows up. And... It's all very intense, very futuristic. There are mechs in the game, and it's it's kind of like got a mech warrior feel to parts of it. And it's a very fun team team based co op game that I've been playing with uh, with me and my fiance actually because we have the same computer now. We both upgraded, mm-hmm. 
uh, and we're both playing this game, and it's just uh, really compelling because we can talk across the room, and it's that it's a very mini LAN type environment here at the house now. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's an exciting game, and it's made me kind of discover how you know because I'm coming out of this thing where gaming's like has no point mm-hmm. and now I'm starting to see yeah it does it's for entertainment it's totally to make you enjoy life it's to complement life yeah true it's, it's not you know when gaming is truly balanced and it in my opinion at its most enjoyable it's uh, it's enhancing your life it's not dominating it it's yeah. it's making it's making the rest of your day a little more bright because if you know, if worse comes to worse and my day completely fucking sucks, which happens more times than I would love to admit, uh-huh. I can I can now say, well, at least when I get home, I can fire up, you know, Battlefield and play for a few matches with Nikki. Yeah. And, uh, and then it's all right. Well, I think that about covers uh, gaming burnout. What do you think? Yeah, I think that about does it. Cool. All right. Well, let's move into our next segment, which... It's listener questions. Oh, those damn listeners. Those bastard listeners. They've asked more questions. Can you believe it? Finally. No, we don't want questions. Especially questions this difficult. We have some we have some doozies. I've this been time. begging for questions for months now. And they finally deliver and they finally give us questions only yep. to give us the hardest fucking questions in the world. <laughs> At least, in my, at least in my opinion. The yeah, because this is one. This first one here is one that I don't have to answer, because I've already uh, stated my my points here. I hope you answer it, because I'm going to need some help. <laughs> well, this one was directed at you. Um, uh, I know it. Peter Dragon, uh, he asks, "Why Pepsi play or choke, motherfucker?" <laughs> and it's easy. The answer to this one, Peter, is uh, Pepsi. Mm, yeah, okay, uh, yeah, Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's uh, that's enough, and time to move on. That, however, is not the question I was referring to. Shit. <laughs> I was referring to where he asks, why play MMORPGs? Seriously, why play them? And he wants an in-depth response. He wants... The mother of uh, yeah, well, he's already here. in my mother's bed, so he can just keep on <laughs> wanting. He is. He can have my mother. <laughs> but but yeah, that's what he asked. Why play MMORPGs? Because they're awesome. End of story. <laughs> Concise, to the point. Yep. Uh, no waste on that answer whatsoever. Nope, didn't want to. Didn't want to waste it. I thought I'd save this bombshell for this segment. And the reason <laughs> you would play an MMORPG today because they kick ass. There you go. That seems like an insufficient answer. What? Uh, yeah, it really does. Okay. Well, fine. Why don't you read his entire okay. argument first? I, I will read it. He says, I have a question. I'd like to hear an in-depth response to the question, why play MMORPGs? Seriously, there seems to be an out-of-whack time investment to fun ratio in these games. People play them and say they enjoy them, but then use words like grind and level and crap like that. There doesn't seem to be much in the way of skills, tactics, or strategy, and what little there is seems to be 
of the Magic the Gathering subset of hoarding and collecting. In other words, you aren't better because you're faster and smarter, more intelligent, etc. You're better because of what you have bought and accumulated, and these things come because you simply invested time. He's saying that the strategy involved is not actually strategy, but it's more of the the pseudo-strategy that, that Magic the Gathering card players do. Because I've dabbled in Magic a little bit. Sounds like Peter Dragon has as well. With yeah. Magic the Gathering, you basically have your strategies laid out, and there are various ones, and they're very, pretty in-depth. However, a lot of it does depend on the amount of cards that you find in packs you know, that are a little better than the other normal cards. Yeah. And being able to not only afford to buy the rare ones that are really good, but also be able to assemble a deck with the right ratios in order to be able to draw the right amount of cards. And it's kind of a more... It's more of a, a hunting and gathering way to play strategy than it is just pure strategy. Yeah. It's a little bit of luck and a lot of collecting um, the right crap in order to be be good at a strategy. Because you could be an excellent tactician mm-hmm. and have a shit deck and fucking die to an idiot that's <laughs> just playing, you know, with no strategy in mind whatsoever. Yeah, sure. and and to a lot of people, that's not true strategy, and you know I'm one to say that too because I'm a big fan of chess, and I like pure strategy. Yeah. When it comes to MMORPGs, oh Jesus, um, <laughs> you got to defend these because I've already said I'm I'm not a huge. Well, here fan. here's the way I'm going to answer this. This is the way I'm going to take up this question because the. This way, I'm I'm not going to defend this question because the question actually, if you look at it, he says, "Why play MMORPGs?" Now, I'm not going to defend or respond to this in a typical fashion because I don't believe that I need to promote them. Okay. So first of all, I'm not going to say. Yes, this is why everybody should play MMORPGs. Yeah, truly, I, I think his question is more of why do you play MMORPGs? Uh, God. All right. Or, or uh, no, I guess it's why would anyone play MMORPGs? Yeah, it seems more more in general. It seems generalized. Yeah, because he's. I mean, he's so saying it takes so much time to get any kind of fun out of it. Yeah, or or you have less fun than you put time into it. <laughs> when there are much better options out there, as far as time to fun ratio. I guess there are a lot of different things that are fun about at least WoW. But first of all, I'm not going to defend it because I'm not going to say that people should play them. That's up to the individual. When it comes to why I play, you know, World of Warcraft, it's is several factors. It's a variety of things. Mm-hmm. First of all, I play because I had never played one before. So uh-huh. I thought that I would try because it seemed like an interesting idea. I mean, you have fun playing with a group of five of your friends at a LAN party. Wouldn't it be 10,000 <laughs> times more fun to play with 100,000 people at the same time? Yeah. 
you know, in theory, that works on paper. And then I also thought, well, you know, I've never really played one that seems to be the most fun and the most popular of MMOs. Mm-hmm. You know, so I picked Warcraft. And then I thought, well, you know, maybe if I... You know, at the time, I was kind of going through a bit of, uh, you know, the aforementioned burnout. Yeah. So I thought the best way to get into games again would be to completely consume myself and <laughs> smother myself in gaming. And that's what an MMO does. To rekindle the fire, and it really does. Yeah. But let's be honest. I'm going to make a very, very shocking statement. Oh, God. All right, everybody. If it was not for my fiance who has four level 70 characters Mama in, the, in the world of motherfucking Warcraft, it was not from the fiance that I sit next to in this room of mine on a daily basis and, and game with on a daily basis who is completely loving and, and truly enjoying World of Warcraft in a way that I never have. If she wasn't as into the game as she is, I would not play World of Warcraft to this day. Wowee. I would have probably quit before I even reached 60, which was the former level cap. Yeah. It's peer pressure. It's all about peer pressure. I've been peer pressured into playing World of Warcraft. And doing I've... heroin. What? <laughs> and doing heroin. <laughs> well, I think the listeners have known I've been addicted to heroin for a long time. Oh, okay. That's one of the reasons we never post any pictures of me, because my flesh is hanging off. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're a, a sack of skin. It's amazing with the right... Uh, this, uh, this is a real trick that I, I'm going to enlighten people with. It's amazing... With the right macros in Warcraft, you can play while uh, burning a spoon over a candle. <laughs> you, it's um, it's awesome. Oh, wow. I've gone, I've gone through entire in-game instances while heating up heroin over a candle <laughs> with my with my bent spoon. That's that's, I, that's a talent. My, my spoon uh, and candle are right here on my uh, Burning Crusade mouse pad next to my optical <laughs> mouse. That is a skill, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad somebody finally <laughs> appreciates it. No, I was going to say, though, it's interesting that you bring up the the fact that it was your first MMO. And I wonder if the reason I don't like MMOs is because my first experience was with Star Wars Galaxies, which was not oh. a very good one, to say the least. And oh, I'm bitter about that game. That could have <laughs> been awesome. And it not really only... It, it it could have been talk it about really talk like about it. fucking heroin. Yeah. Oh yeah. Star oh, Wars. Oh, it could have been MMOs. the perfect drug. Yeah. Forget about it. Could have been the perfect drug. But it, it turned out that I played that first, and I got because I got into the beta of that, and sure, I was I remember I got into the beta phase three, and I was playing it before it came out, and I didn't care about the bugs. That wasn't the issue. But <laughs> do you remember what I played? Yeah. Weren't you a musician? <laughs> I was. That's all you did. That's all I did. Like, I we were stood... like, why don't you roam around Tatooine? You're like, fuck that. I'm playing this horn. And that's all I'm doing. No, you remember. I, I told you that I didn't want to go around, like, explore the world because I wanted to wait until it came out, until it was done. 
so I would see it in its yeah. full glory or whatever. So yeah, I, yeah, I refused yeah. to go anywhere, which means I couldn't really battle anything because I would have to go out and adventure. <laughs> so I stayed in a cantina playing a flute for my entire experience with the beta. <laughs> and little did you know that's probably the funnest activity in the game. <laughs> It's the least grind. He probably had more fun doing that than the than the seasoned veterans do today. I don't know about that. It was I pretty either, fucking boring. But, but yeah, that was my first experience with MMOs. So maybe, just maybe, that has something to do with it. Could be, but recently you've uh, you've tried another MMO, right? The uh, yeah, I've tried a couple. Another, another sci-fi. It's actually you said it was tons of fun. Yeah, I played Eve Online. I think I mentioned that before. I just did the trial period of 14 days, and it was a lot of fun. I just, uh, at the time, didn't have the money to keep it up. I might actually sign back up for it, because it was fun. But, but let me let me try and feel this question from Peter okay. uh, a little bit better, a little, little more f- fully fleshed out. And one of the things I would say to one of his statements is that one man's grind is another man's treasure. And while he says, you know, you hear words in them like grind and level, uh-huh. there, you know, and that is true. There is a there's a lot of work involved in in advancing. Yeah. And to a lot of people, that's actually the funnest part of the game. There are people that mm-hmm. live to grind. They enjoy fighting it out with uh, a bunch of different creatures and trying to find the most optimal way to level in the shortest amount of time. They enjoy collecting. They enjoy yeah. uh, uh, doing those things. And these activities may not seem to be uh, of an entertainment-type nature to to many people. It might not be fun to some, but to those that, uh, that enjoy the MMO, that's actually... The, those things that he mentioned that seem like a, a waste of time and not very fun are actually some of the most enjoyable parts of the game to certain people. True, it's and there there is a there's a certain satisfaction. And while I have been kind of playing more than I probably would have naturally because of this kind of in-home peer pressure, as you might call it, <laughs> yeah. I have really been rewarded and seen the light, as it were. I've seen why people play more than I probably ever would have otherwise. Because yeah. after... I, I'm here to tell you, after six months of playing a game... Because I've played this game more than any game, ever. Yeah. Li- and I've yeah. played a hell of a lot of games. I've played World of Warcraft more than any single other game, as far as time-wise, I, that I've ever played. Yeah. I can't believe that, but it's true. And after playing a game for six months solid, and you go into a dungeon and you take down a great, monstrous, well-designed creature, and your whole team is in sync with the strategies and what they need to do at a certain time, mm-hmm. and then, bam, off of the corpse, you see this amazing piece of equipment drop that's for your specific character, and you... <laughs> You, I mean, it's like gambling. It's like the fucking lottery. You suddenly get twitchy, and you're starting to sweat. <laughs> and, uh, oh, and you're so intense and s- satisfied that you even down this creature. But then, oh my god, there's this, this is epic thing that dropped. It's epic, and it's for me, and only me. And my god, I'll be, you know, I'll be 
worshipped when I go back to town if I get it. <laughs> and you hit the you hit the following. You hit slash R O L L roll. You're rolling <laughs> on it, man. It's like playing. Yeah. It's like the slot machine, and you hit enter. Holy fuck, I rolled 90. Oh, my God. And then the other guy rolls it. Oh, he didn't get it. It's like it's like a sexual orgasm. And then he picks it up anyway, and it's soul bound. <laughs> no, not if you're playing right. There's different loot methods. You never go in with... Like, yeah, free. yeah. Anyway, there's, there's all kinds of ways to make sure you don't get fucked over. But... The, the first time you win a drop like that and your character is suddenly tons better because of this new cool-looking piece of armor, <laughs> that, that now you are one of the rare people that have it, the second that you gain that is the moment that you realize why people play for years and years and years. You know what? I played for a while for that reason also, like the collecting aspect of it. Yeah. Where I wanted to get the best gear I possibly could. And then yeah. I realized that once I get that gear, I'm not the only one to have it. And that last time we were talking about what would make the perfect game, um, yeah. and that was one of the things I brought up, a, a, cla- a crafting system where you're going to have something that is very, very unique. And in in these MM- current MMOs, you just don't get that. Every time you pick up a piece of gear, you know there are thousands of people before you that have picked up that exact same piece of gear. And it just seems like uh, it just seems like it's pointless. <laughs> well, to me, I mean, I've got a full set of uh, what used to be the in-game armor. Uh-huh. And when you would log into a server... You would see people with the same armor on, but it would be like one in a thousand. Yeah. It would be so far apart that when you saw it, you kind of had an affinity for the person because you realized that they did the same thing as you did, Mm -hmm. and they would be kind of like the people you would hang out with. But then if you wanted wanted to, you know, just walk through town and strut your stuff, you could go to certain places... And there would be no one else that looked even remotely as good as you, and there would be hundreds of people passing you by in fucking sackcloth and stupid rags and look like <laughs> shit and and fight yeah. like shit and be completely, you know, the opposite. And they would just, you know, you would be like a hero or a god. I mean, I walk through town and looking like that, and people are like, you know, falling over each other, you know, wanting to get a glimpse at you. Yeah. You really feel like pretty special because unlike certain online games where you log in and you're just another player one, you know, you're just another guy that looks just like the other guys shooting at the other guys who look like you. Yeah. You know, when you log into a game like World of Warcraft and you spend a year playing and tweaking your character out, you really look amazing and people know what you had to have done to, to get all that and you plop yourself in the middle of a big city, you know, everyone can see exactly what kind of player you are and know instantly what kind of player you must be. And instantly lose all respect for you as a human being. <laughs> what? <laughs> because if of they're the playing hours the game, they're you've spent <laughs> playing a game. That's not how it works, I'll tell you. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, I've logged in and I've seen characters that look much better than me and have much much better gear and 
Most of the time, I'm just incensed with a lot of jealousy. Well, we probably spent too much time on this question as is, but I, I have to agree with him, and I ask the same question: Why play MMORPGs? I just haven't seen one that has really well, captured me. I haven't me fully yet. answered either because another aspect of it is the community aspect. Yeah, I mean, this is something you can log in every day, and when you're in a good guild like I'm in, mm-hmm. you know exactly when people are going to be on. You know exactly when you can play with who. You know exactly that you can count on it. You know you can log in and you can be like, "Hey, what's up?" And you, a lot of people form lifelong friendships out of these things. Yeah. So I mean, it's for people who don't have much of an option when it comes to friends in your local community. An MMO is a is a great way to branch out and meet people of a similar similar kind as you. Yeah, it's a place to meet uh, on a common ground. Right. So there's the social aspect. There's the hunt and gathering type of Mm -hmm. aspect. There's the pride. I mean, if you don't have a lot of people who play these things are, are people with low self-esteem, let's face it. And, yeah. And, and and they're fucking outcasts at school or work or wherever they're at. Mm-hmm. And, and nobody cares about them and they're nothing. But they fucking log into Warcraft and they're the motherfucking, you know, they're the motherfucking time, man. They're, yeah. <laughs> they are God, you know. They are, <laughs> at least they're respected. Sure, sure. As a member of a community that... Th- and they have a they have a role to play, you know. They actually have a meaningful part to play. Like, say they're in a guild, mm-hmm. and they're the warrior. You know, they have a job to do. They have a purpose in life. Yep. Gotta pull and the aggro. Keep they, the aggro. They have to keep the fucking aggro. I mean, that's more of a purpose than it is to go get a wedgie at school. <laughs> I mean, if all I did was, you know, go get chastised in my day-to-day life, I'd want to come home, and I'd want to log in, and I'd want to look awesome, I'd want to kick some ass, and I'd want to talk to people who respect me. Yeah, I and, guess so. And that's, uh, that's a, I mean, you get all these things out of an MMO. There are a lot of people who play for a lot of those reasons as well. All right. Well, is that uh have you sufficiently defended MMOs? I I suppose I I'm not really trying to defend it because I mean World of Warcraft has 8.5 million players, so that's my defense, buddy. Yeah. But I guess so. You know, so so choke on the numbers, but <laughs> you know, before you, you forgot Pepsi to add the bitch. choke on the numbers. Choke on the numbers, bitch. Yeah, choke on the numbers, bitch. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Peter Dragon, World of Warcraft has more players than you have negative karma. So suck my dick, you know? (laughs) Actually, no, it doesn't. (laughs) No, not yet. It will by the next expansion. (laughs) Okay. All right. But, yeah. Well, let's move on to the next question. We spent way too much time on that one. If we spend that much time on all these, we're never going to get through them. You have to cut it down. Uh, Let's see. The next question here... Yeah, we did the Pepsi or choke. We both chose Pepsi. No surprise. <laughs> Let's see. All right. Actually, I think uh, both Staffa and Peter Dragon agree that this is a good question. Are games getting easier? What do you think, Jim? Why don't you field a little bit of this? Well, I'm reading. I'm looking through here. I'm reading some of the points that Peter Dragon makes about the different difficulty levels and how we didn't have those back in the day. Um, 
unlimited saves, unlimited continues. And I, I'd have to say the default level, like the default settings of the games definitely make them seem like they're easier. Like I, I, I'll say right now I've been playing Ninja Gaiden and I went through and I beat that game within the last few weeks. And yeah. that is a fucking hard game. Really? I mean, it took hours and hours for me to beat that. And it's just really freaking hard because you don't have many lives and you don't have many continues. Right. And it's, oh, let's see, six times four. It's like, I, I don't know, too many levels to count. And every level is hard. Even the beginning levels are kind of difficult. But in newer, in a newer version of Ninja Gaiden, you would have the easy mode, you would have the normal mode, and you would have the fuck my ass, this is hard mode. <laughs> and you wouldn't play it on fuck my ass, this is hard, would you? No. You'd start on normal. Absolutely. So it may seem like the games are easier, but I... If you play them on their hardest difficulty, which you're essentially doing when you play an old game because they only give you one option, right? I think they're pretty comparative, comparatively difficult. I would say that there are quite a few new games that do not give you that option. Really? Yeah. There's uh, not every new game has a difficulty setting. Yeah, I'm sure not everyone. But then again, <laughs> I played Kirby's Dream... Or, not Kirby's Dream Course, Kirby's Adventure, <laughs> like, a few weeks ago, and that's the simplest game I've ever played. So not every game back then was super hard, either. Yeah. So it, it varies. I mean, and if you take a look at the new Ninja Gaiden games, they're still fucking hard. Yeah, there's a few standouts still, like um, Devil May Cry 3. <laughs> Oh yeah, you know, talking about a hard game. So hard, and and Shinobi for the PlayStation Two. Yeah, so and it's funny. You mentioned Devil May Cry Three. That's a game that starts you out on normal difficulty, and then when you lose a certain amount of times, it gives you the easy difficulty as an option. Yeah, it only does that so it can mock your ass. Yeah, not good oh, enough for seemed... normal, huh? Try this <laughs> mode, easy. Try... Try I'm a little pansy mode. <laughs> yeah. I think we've mentioned this on the show before, but it's worth noting again. Yeah, it's uh really makes you feel like less of a man. <laughs> yeah. But Play yeah, Ninja there are Gaiden. still a lot of really hardcore games out there that are that are pretty difficult. I've yeah. not played the new Ninja Gaiden, but I hear it's very, very hard. Have you yeah. have you played no, the I Xbox haven't played it. No, I've just played the original. I've and I hear that uh I hear that Gears of War on whatever it's called, hero mode or whatever, is actually yeah. very, very difficult. Apparently, uh, Gears of War is uh, it's not very well liked by uh, Ali. Apparently, he thinks it's, uh, it's very glitchy and buggy. Yeah, I, I had yet to ask him about that. I haven't actually played that yet, so I'd like to know more about why the hell he thinks so. Yeah, me too. Uh, if you're listening to this, which I assume you will be, go ahead and post on the boards why you your problems with uh, Gears of War. Yeah, what's the deal? What's your what's your beef with Gears of War, man? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I honestly I think that by and large the, the majority of games back in the at least the Nintendo era were more difficult and didn't 
didn't fear to be as difficult as I think some developers have a have a fear that their games. I think they're more concerned with not making their games too difficult today than they were back in the Nintendo era. Yeah. I think companies back then, probably because gaming wasn't as big, companies didn't have as much to lose, and they didn't have as much to to throw out on the line. As I mean, games cost a hell of a lot to produce these days. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And with all that time and money invested, you want to make sure that you're not cutting out any potential profit from a, no. from a potential buyer. So there's a lot more paranoia and concern about making your game um, acceptable to the largest audience possible. You see this yeah. in Nintendo's strategy with the Wii. Mm-hmm. They want to make it in every household. They want your grandpa to pick up a fucking Wii remote and swing it around, you know? Yeah. They, um, Sony... PlayStation, they want, you know, they want the the geeks to to buy it. They want, you know, movie enthusiasts. They wanna they wanna own every possible market. Each company wants as many dollars as possible. And since gaming is so much more rewarding and so much more potentially disastrous in this day and age, when it's like a massive multi-billion-dollar industry. People really want to have their game be played by as many people as they can. Yeah. So I think there is a lot more concern out there as to whether or not their game is um, appealing to a broader audience. Whereas back in the Nintendo day, you know, if you put out... If you cranked out a couple of titles within a few months' time and they didn't sell very well, you're probably not going to lose as much money as you would doing that same thing today. And, you know, it wasn't as big of a, a concern because games were more of a kid's toy back then. And you were making your game for for kids who would probably stubbornly try and play this difficult game until yeah. it drove them up the wall. And had all the time in the world to... Play to to devote to mastering it, yes. yeah. And now I think a lot of the companies are wanting to make sure that you know there's a lot more entertainment per minute in their product than they used to. Yeah, and I think they're they're realizing that the mainstream audience now really isn't kids. I mean, back in the Nintendo days, it was. Oh yeah. It was all like the six year olds to twelve year olds, and yeah. now it's. Those gamers have grown up, and they're yeah. Now it's like eighteen to thirty-five. Yeah, you know? exactly. And they're realizing that the people who are playing these games now don't have time to deal with a game like Ninja Gaiden. No, they they just don't have the time to master a game like that, or to to do what it takes to beat that game. Which is why you do see a lot of them coming with easy mode. For yeah, God's sakes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you play the new. I mean, this comes out tomorrow. You get the new God of War. Um, yeah, part two God coming out. Sure, that comes out uh, here on the fourteenth of March, and which is actually today. And the original game was a fuck of a lot of fun. I played and beat that. Did you? Have you played that game? Uh, no, God. I've never even played it. That I I bought the game when it got onto the greatest hits list for Sony mm-hmm. PlayStation Two, and I I beat it. I beat it on normal, but there's an easy mode. And normal's pretty easy, but easy mode's probably a, a walk in the park. Yeah. And I'm thinking the same's probably going to be true with Gears of War 2, but 
most of the people who are going to want to play Gears of War are going to want to be entertained by the awesome bloody action, the cool story, the great graphics, mm-hmm. the fun bosses, the over-the-top bosses. And all of that is a lot of fun, and it's a hell of a lot of entertainment right there. But those people are probably going to be of a more mature age, and it's an M-rated game, and it's going to be designed for a more mature audience of gamer. Mm-hmm. And they're probably going to be working people like me, and they're not going to want to play a level over a hundred times <laughs> yeah. before they see the next fucking cutscene. Yeah. They're going to want a steady pace to their game, so it seems like one, one solid continuous experience kind of like a movie is yeah, yeah you know you don't have parts in a movie that are frustrating that you just want to end if it's a good movie if it's <laughs> a good movie it has a steady pacing and a steady flow to it uh-huh. and the same is true i think with the game developer now nowadays they want to make sure they have a a constant steady experience so if the game is going to be something that has a plot to it they want the game to be kind of easy so you can just continue the story until the very end. Yeah, sure. Makes sense. So I think you do see a lot more uh, concern with making games easier today. Yeah, another game I think is a, is a good example of how hard uh, games can be on the hardest difficulty settings is Half-Life 2. Have you ever tried to play that on the hardest difficulty? No, I haven't. Neither have I, but <laughs> the normal difficulty is hard enough. And I consider myself pretty good at FPS yeah. games. Right. I don't know. I don't even know that I could deal with the hardest difficulty level. It's a pretty damn hard game. So there are still games out there that are tough. It's just you have to crank up the difficulty now. Yeah, so you're basically... Peter Dragon makes a good point in that if you are hardcore you still can get a hard experience. Yeah. You still can get the challenge if you want yep. it. He says, just bump it up, man. Yeah, good point. Yep. All right. Well, let's uh, move on to the next question. Coconut Carekeeper wants to know what our top f- seven fighting games would be. Wow. That's um, a hard one for me. Yeah, this is like a spontaneous top seven list, and that's pretty tough. Honestly, I don't think I can really participate in this question. Oh, what a cop-out. No, I honestly don't think I can. I, I really thought I could could make an effort at it, uh-huh. but then uh, Statha on the forums decided to uh, make sure I was aware that the games that I'm probably going to list are not true fighting games in the, in the, in the real <laughs> sense of the word. Yeah. But they're probably brawlers. And the reason he says this is because my most favorite experiences with what I would call a fighting game is going to be Power Stone for Dreamcast. Yeah, which he calls a brawler. He calls it a brawler. Probably because you can pick shit up and smash people with it. It's like a bar yeah. fight. It really is, and I think that's why it's so damn fun. Yeah. But in the combos, there's not an enormous amount of combos, uh-huh. and and you're basically, I mean, there's there's punch, kick, and so forth, but there's not a hell of a lot of combos, not a combo system. 
Plus, you pick these power stones up, and you can transform into huge sand. Plus, it's a it's like an arena fight. It's not on a two D plane. No. It's it's a big free roaming arena that you can run around and basically use anything in the environment as a weapon. Yeah. And to me, it was one of the most fun experiences I've ever had playing a game. Period. And I would say probably my favorite fighting game of all time. Yeah. So if that tells you uh, something <laughs> about my experience with fighting games, that uh, that should show you that I guess uh, I just know what a brawler is like instead of a fighting game. Because I really like that, and I really also I enjoy Smash Brothers, the Smash Brothers series. Yeah, I never got into that one. That, uh, I don't know. Just never really I enjoyed interested the ga- me. The GameCube one was, uh, was, was where I actually started to enjoy it. Hmm. I think I only ever played the 64 version. Yeah, I remember playing that at your house a few times. Yeah. Okay, well, you're going to push this question off on me, huh? Kind of like I did yeah, with that's MMOs my, uh, for you. My answer to the question, like it or not, Staffa, is my favorite fighting game is Power Stone. <laughs> okay, well, shit, seven fighting games. I don't even know if I can name seven fighting games. Con- oh, I c- contrary I to popular belief, I am not as big into fighting games as people seem to think I am. Uh, That's all you ever play. What are you talking about? <laughs> yes, I'm the master of all fighting games. <laughs> no, there, and I'll talk about the ones I haven't played as well. But okay, obviously my first, my number one would be uh, Super Street Fighter Two. That is my favorite. I almost oh, said no. hands you, down. You you mean hands down? No, no hands. <laughs> They're not down. If I had them. Get out of town! <laughs> Get out of town! It's hands down. No. <laughs> no! Super Street Fighter 2 is my favorite fighting game, though. You you actually meant to say Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Mm, I don't think so. Super Nintendo. No, I don't that's, think so. That's the best one. That, I don't believe, ever came out on the Super Nintendo. Oh, yes, it did. Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. I've got uh, I've got a <coughs> a ROM <coughs> ROM cough cough ROM of it. Really? Uh-huh. Perhaps that is uh, not a real ROM. We're gonna have to look this up. Let's look it up. We're with the Mario Brothers and plumbing's a game. We're not like the others who get all the fame. If your sink is in trouble, you can call us on the double. We're faster than the others. You'll be hooked on the brothers. Uh. So hang on to your seat Get ready for adventure and remarkable weeks You'll meet the Koopas and Troopas The Princess and the others Hanging with the plumbers You'll be hooked on the brothers to the God, I'm a tchotchke. <laughs> Apparently, not only did this game come out for Super Nintendo, but I bought it yeah. for a friend of mine you very recently. actually bought this game. Yeah, so I'm a fucking tchotchke. <laughs> but uh, regardless... What the hell is a tchotchke? <laughs> Wasn't that a character on Happy Days? <laughs> no, that was tchotchke. Oh. But I'm a tchotchke. 
And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so apparently it did come out. Um, told you so. Oh, you got me. I told you so. Asshole. Uh, <laughs> hey. I don't know that I ever played it. I probably did. But anyway, on my top uh, top ten list, or top ten list, fuck, on my top seven list for... Top ten. <laughs> He's just messed up because this is episode ten. Yep. Episode top ten, ten, top ten. What the hell are you... What were you thinking? I don't know. That's old school. Top ten. Oh, shit. <laughs> but no, on my top seven favorite games list, I put Super Street Fighter Two, The New Challengers, for the SNES. Yeah. So I'll stick with that. I'll say that's my favorite. Yeah, well, I guess you have to... The version you're most familiar with would probably be the favorite, so... Yeah. Not necessarily the best version of it, because uh, the best version's probably Third Strike, isn't it? Isn't that what they do in the tournaments? It's third Strike? Mm, I don't know. Do they even have Super Street Fighter tournaments? Yeah, remember <laughs> that video that's amazingly awesome with uh, oh, Hidaigo? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the one you posted is, is on the that, boards. Yeah. Right, yeah. That video is outstanding. And as far as I'm concerned, or as far as I know, rather, that is the definitive, supposedly the definitive form of Street Fighter. Yeah, I've heard it's real good. But uh, I've never played it, so I can't say too much about it. Um, yeah, but I guess Super Street Fighter 2 is my favorite uh, on the Super Nintendo. Then, of course, I've got to put Tekken 3 right after that. Played tons yep. of that. Yep. Um, so what exactly... Uh, so you think you have seven? No, I'm going to really stretch if I can even name seven. <laughs> uh, I can name Yeah, I can name seven. seven. Not seven that I've played, though. That's tough. I can. I've played uh, Mortal Kombat. I've played Virtual Fighter. I've yeah. played Tekken. I've played... Um, Marvel vs. Capcom, I've played Marvel vs. SNK, I've played Street Fighter, I've played Clay Fighter. <laughs> yeah, that would be on my list, actually. <laughs> That's a cool game. That's my number two. <laughs> um, I played um, see, Battle Arena Toshinden. King of Fighters? How about that? King of Fighters. Virtual I Fighter? Did you say Virtual Fighter? I played... Uh, Played the yeah I mentioned those. Um, let's see what is that one we've mentioned it before for Super Nintendo called uh, Balls Super 3D Balls. No God, <laughs> that shit. Um, no, I can't remember. It's Gold something. Uh, Killer Instinct. That's for some reason that's what I meant. Because <laughs> there's a Killer Instinct Gold. Yeah, there yeah. is. Uh, so I've played a lot of fighting games, just never been really good at them. Yeah, I guess I've played more than I realized. Anyway, I'm going to just try and make up a list real quick. Number one, Super Street Fighter 2 for the SNES. Number two, Tekken 3 for the PlayStation. Number three, Mortal Kombat 2 for the arcade. Number four, uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Virtual Fighter 2. For the what about arcade. Soul Calibur? 
Oh, I forgot about Soul Calibur. Number four, Soul Calibur. <laughs> Number five, Virtual Fighter 2. It's a really well thought out list. <laughs> For the arcade. <laughs> Number six. I really like Soul Calibur 2. Killer Instinct. For the N64. Number seven. Uh-huh. Uh, Clay Fighter. Twenty. <laughs> Clay Fighter 33 and a third. Who knows? I don't know. There was Clay Fighter 63 and like a third or something for 64. Yeah, fuck that. Really Just stupid. Clay Fighter. <laughs> okay. That's my top seven. My hasty, uh, <laughs> not so well thought out I drew out a seven. Clay Fighter once for art class. <laughs> really? Yeah, in retrospect, that's a really gay idea for a game. It was kind of fun, though. It wasn't bad. Yeah. But how about I talk about the ones that I haven't played? I'll just mention them. And everyone can laugh at me and point. Uh, and mock me. Because I have... That's always fun. I, I have not played uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, which is supposed to be one of the best fighting games ever made. Yes. And I've not played it. You've never even played it? No. I've never played any either of the Marvel vs. Capcom you games. You suck. I know. I have never played any Tekkens beyond Tekken 3 or Tekken Tag Tournament. Uh, I can't fault you there. I never played a virtual fighter beyond two. Uh, I've never Two's played. Two's a good one. Four is probably the best. Never played it. I never played. Uh, let's see, any of the Marvel versus games, any Capcom or SNK or Marvel versus Yoshi. Or Marvel vs. <laughs> the World. Marvel versus the World. <laughs> I've never played Marvel Kicks Yoshi's Ass. My, f- my favorite is, is Marvel uh, versus Kicks Yoshi- Yoshi's Ass. <laughs> That's the best one. I, if you pick Yoshi, you win every time. Awesome. Uh, I've never played King of Fighters. I've never played... I don't know. I can't think of any more that I've never played. But I, there's a lot of them that I've never played. And a lot of good ones that I've never played. Never played a Street Fighter beyond uh, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Believe it or not. Wow. So I'm missing out on a, good, a lot of good stuff that I need to go back and check out, but Tons I never Tons of really good fighting games. Yeah, there are. So that's my hasty top seven. Hasty pasty top right. seven. Well, I think that does it for uh, listener questions this uh, this week. Thanks for asking uh, the questions, by the way, everybody. Appreciate the participation. Does that do it? I think we have a few more. That's all I see. No. Do we have more? Oh, yeah. Is there more? Oh, yeah, we have more. No, there's no more than that. Yep. Check out Zeramus question. How far would each of you go just to play a video game? Oh, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and this is very, uh, very similar to our... Would you rather segment, I think. Yes, indeed. It, it very well could be, anyway. Yeah, it could be stated, would you rather not play a video game or swimming in leech-infested waters, for instance, like he says. Well, I would... Uh, realistically, I would stand in line for like a week. If, Say, for example, Nintendo comes out with a new machine tomorrow. Oh, like the Wii. Yeah. Or, okay, and... Let's say it's coming out in a few months. 
Uh-huh. They're coming out with Wii 2, and it's going to have a Mario game on it, and it's going to be packed with uh, HDTV. <laughs> okay. For like 200 bucks. So I buy this game, and suddenly I have a better television with a better resolution, and it comes out with a Mario that looks better than any game's graphics ever made, plus it's supposed to, supposed to play, you know, like Jesus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's perfect. Yeah. And it's coming out, I would probably take up to a month off of work to get it. <laughs> wow, really? Yep. Paid or not paid? Not paid. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> as far as the example of swimming in leech infested water. Yep. Uh what are we talking about? A lake here, an ocean. Uh, <laughs> an ocean. A, a, a ocean creek. <laughs> uh, it depends on the size of the body of water. If we're talking a lake, <laughs> Like a lake you'd find anywhere in any state, just a small-sized lake. I'd probably go up to that size and swim through it hastily in order to play that <laughs> aforementioned Mario game. Wow, that's pretty bold. He like says, if this was uh, back in the day and it was Mario 64, it was it was me and a lake was between me with leeches in it and Mario 64... <laughs> I would uh, just put one hand over my penis and dive in. (laughs) Wow. Wouldn't you need your hands more than your penis once you got to the other side, though? (laughs) Oh, shit. I forgot about that. Oh, well, I could play with my dick. No, I mean... mean, Oh, scratch that. Never mind, I didn't say anything. Anyway. Anyway... Um, he mentions shaving off all his body hair. He says that's as far as he would go. That's strange that he mentioned that. I, I, I had just done what he just mentioned for free right when I read <laughs> that that's all he would do for a game. I thought, how pathetic is that? Because I'll shave all my hair off for nothing. <laughs> wow. Although when it grows back in, it is kind of itchy. <laughs> well, I think probably the farthest I would go. Seriously, it is. It fucking sucks. <laughs> what? The greatest length I would go to is probably something I've already done, which is driving 1,200 miles to play a game from Indianapolis to San that Antonio, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's hardcore. Not only is that hardcore, but... Slightly insane. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, couldn't couldn't you have played the same game you played there, just right in your own home? Yes, I could. I could have, but uh, I chose to drive 17 hours to Texas to play. That's pretty hard. And what makes it worse is the fact that this is not theoretical. Unlike swimming through in leech-infested waters, I've actually done this. That's the sad part. So that's how far I would go. You swam in eel-infested waters? Leech-infested waters. You swam in leech-infested waters? No, I'd driven to Texas to play a game. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's as far as I would go. Pretty hardcore, pretty pretty hardcore. Yep. Now we have uh, another good question. What is with all the good questions? I hate good questions. Can't you just ask us what our favorite color is? Come on. 
Oh, come on. We've begged people to ask questions <laughs> for months, and now they are, and you're going to bitch about it? I what know, but that? wouldn't it be so much easier to answer what our favorite color is? No, these are great questions. I lo- the harder, the That's better, the problem. People. They're too good. Uh, nothing's too good for power play. Okay. Well, Ollie asked the question, how yes. strong... How strong do we feel the systems, the current generation of systems are? And uh, he he mentions that most of them are still very buggy. Um, And he he also cites how there aren't very many games that have been released that are killer apps or very good even. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. Yeah, I think it's definitely the case. Yeah. But how strong, in the light of that, do we feel the new systems are? What do you think, Jim? Oh, boy. Um, to be perfectly honest, even though I'm a big fan of Nintendo, I've got to say I think the 360 is the strongest console out of all of them. Oh, yeah? And I think by a long shot, too. And the only reason I say that is because the Wii has not yet lived up to its poten- potential. No. I mean, we've got games like Zelda and Wii Sports, which he mentions... And those are great games, especially Wii Sports. I love Wii Sports, but it's so limited in its capacity. I mean, it's not a very in-depth game. No. You basically, you're either throwing a ball or hitting a ball or doing playing with balls. And <laughs> that's... Hey, that could be compelling for hours. <laughs> Who doesn't want to play with their balls on a Wii? <laughs> You could play with your Wii and your balls at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) But I think the 360 by far has the best lineup of games. Of the new systems, I would agree with you by by a long shot. Yeah, I mean, there are just... For one thing, there are a lot more games, but there are a lot more good games. Quality games. Like, for instance, I've mentioned this before. I would love to own a 360 just because of Dead Rising. And as soon as I have the money, I will probably buy one. Unfortunately, I'm limited on funds right now. But, I mean, Dead Rising, Gears of War, uh, Lost Planet is another one he mentions. He mentions Call of Duty uh, 2 and 3. Yeah, Halo 3's coming out. Halo 3's coming out. All these games that really are, for me, killer apps. Like, I was... I loved Lost Planet, how it looked. It looked really fun. I've played a short demo of it. It's actually a lot of fun. Oh, and I've not even played that. Yeah, it's uh, pretty spectacular. I mean, the as a, as big of a of a graphics war as I am as well. I mean, the 360 delivers in that as well. It has great visuals. Yeah. I noticed the explosions in that are super cool. Yeah, Tom Clancy's uh, Rainbow Six Vegas. Even though you yeah. can't, can also play that on PC though. So. Yeah, I actually just played that at the most recent LAN party I went to, and that is an awesome game, too. Like, I wasn't a fan of the old Tom Clancy games when they first started out, because they were more, like, squad-based tactics games. Uh And now they're a lot more first-person shooter. They still have kind of a slow slow movement to them, but I I like it a lot better. Viva Pinata. Viva Pinata. I've not played it. I've heard great things about it, but probably not a game I'd play anyway. Probably not me either, but it's got a variety of really great stellar titles to choose from. Yeah, I'd definitely. say it's prob. I would say it's the strongest of the new generation of consoles. Yep. And it's amazing that there. I mean, there's still quite a few 
pretty decent games trickling out for the old generation. I can think of a couple as, uh, <laughs> like Rogue Galaxy just came out for PlayStation 2. And one you and mentioned course, before, uh, yeah, God, God of War, of War 2. God is enormous, and it's about to release. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's, it's like developers haven't fully given up, because so much hard work and time was spent developing technology for this past generation. Yeah, I think it's taking developers a little bit of time to go. Oh my God, we have to update all our shit. You know, I kind of, <laughs> I I think something's funny about that because, and this kind of ties in the PS3, as far as I'm concerned, is by far the weakest system. It's yeah, just, I am uh, I am anti excited about that system. <laughs> yeah, I'm about as excited as being shot it. in the balls. Uh, but I was going to say, you only really see a lot of titles for the last generation being developed for the PS2. I mean, the GameCube and the original Xbox are pretty much non-existent anymore. Yeah, they're dead. And it's just funny that the PS3 is doing so terribly. Maybe that's the reason why the PS2 is still being developed for. I I don't know. Well, I, I, I don't see that... PlayStation 3's future is all wrapped up in a nice little box of failure. No, no, I didn't say that. Only, I mean, this is a. I mean, his question's very good, but let's keep in mind, Ollie, this is immensely early in this gen's life cycle. True. I mean, this is like we have spanked the new systems on the ass and they're starting to cry. And at this point in the last generation, we would have said Dreamcast wins. So, yeah, absolutely. So I'm mean, thinking about been that. completely completely, you know, assured of that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, this is just, it's just starting. Keep in mind that the average console life cycle is five years, and I'm sure he knows that, but Sony is saying they're actually looking to milk ten years out of this thing. (laughs) So... Which I think is a joke. The president of, uh, of, of Sony Computer Entertainment is saying on record that Sony PlayStation 3 is designed to be the first system with a 10-year life cycle. So, I mean, if that's even, you know, say that's a terrible move on their part, whether or not it is, that just goes to show how early we are in this war. Yeah. So, I mean, Sony, even though they have a dismal beginning, I mean, the few people who did get a PlayStation 3 when it came out have bullet wounds in their chest. And, uh, you know, the the people that, that survived launch with their PlayStation 3 have, like, nothing to play on. And resistance. For, for uh, Moto Storm and, oh, God. you know, Virtual Fighter 5. Yeah, if you like playing one a bunch single of other, A bunch of other lackluster, you know, over-budgeted titles like those. I, I just don't see the system being... While it's... You know, it doesn't have a lot to offer right now. Yeah. Sony has the money, the time, and connections to make sure that you... Before the end, all of us will probably, at one point or another, wish we had a PlayStation 3. You know, it's funny. Have you heard anything about this new home thing they're launching for the PS3? Yeah, I just watched a video of that uh, yeah. just today, actually. I watched it, yeah, like yesterday or something. And and I think it's hilarious that, like, only a month ago, they're calling the Wii a gimmick. 
and they're saying how it doesn't have any staying power. It's all just a gimmick. And this home yeah. thing could not be more of a gimmick. I mean, 3D interactive menus, for me, just don't work. Why do yeah. I want to run someplace and take two minutes to get there and load a 3D world when I could just click a button on a menu? It, it just doesn't give me anything extra. Uh Kind of like the whole strategy with Windows and Vista and things becoming more... You know, why do I want my system resources to be clogged with an interface when I could have my nah. resources clogged with content? But, hey, that might just be us. Yeah, I guess. But it's just hilarious that they're calling everything else a gimmick, and then they come out with that. It does look very cheesy and gimmicky, and and it does. Yeah, I agree. It that whole, what's it called? Home? Home, yeah. I mean, that's creepy. I don't want to fucking live <laughs> in my PlayStation 3. That's basically, I think home is, is telling people that it's, I think that is a giving up on life. Because <laughs> if, if all you have left to do, if you're in such a sorry state that your dilapidated <laughs> apartment crawling with filthy roaches is falling down on your fucking head and at least you've got a fucking shiny home inside your PlayStation 3. <laughs> that scares me. That's fucking sad. You call it PS3, your pathetic interface. <laughs> <laughs> PS3, this is the life you'd have if you didn't play so many games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, along with this, I think we need to talk about also, the online support for these consoles, which is also another huge factor right now, because, like I said, 360 is probably the strongest console, and the online support really helps that. Yeah, its online feature is uh, the best in the business. By far. With, uh, with consoles. Especially when compared to the Wii. I'm sorry, I have to say it. Nintendo, what the hell are you doing? No, hold on now. No, seriously, though. Oh, right now, I would agree with you, but hey, wait a minute. In a matter of six months, I say Nintendo's number two with its online. Oh, God. Why? Easily. Um, Pretty soon, I mean, obviously, they're interested in online. They're going to have two major titles that are going to make Nintendo see the light and cause them to support online a lot more. And I'll tell you, once they discover that most Wii owners are going to buy the new Smash Brothers game, because uh-huh. it has online support, yeah, and play the fuck out of it, sure, online with other people, and once they see the new Pokemon game come out, because there are two new ones for DS, which are going to have online capability, and also I hear the new Pokemon for Wii is going to have online capacity. Yeah, it's Once you can trade and borrow and fight your Pokemon wirelessly on the go on your DS and have wireless interactivity with your Wii with your new Pokemon game, even though Pokemon's not what it was, Uh I see so many people doing that and so many people playing... Smash Brothers, that Nintendo will be like, oh, there is an enormous market for online gaming. I see them supporting it and going forward with it full blast after, uh, probably after this year. So, Well, uh, as good as that may be, I think they've really screwed up with the friend codes again. 
Like, they shouldn't have done it on the DS, and they really shouldn't have done it on a home console. It's just moronic. Because now, not only do you have a, a friendly co- a friend code for your uh, console, you have one for each individual game, apparently. Because Pokemon is going to have its own. Is that right? Uh, from what I've heard, yeah. All indications are it's going to have its own friend code. So if you want to play with your friend, you have to put in two friend codes, which are like 168 digits each. And it takes you longer to put in the friend code than it does to play the game. <laughs> They're really shooting themselves in the foot with that. And it's all yeah, to protect the children, the fucking children. Gotta hate well, children. Somebody think of the fucking kids. <laughs> Shit. It makes me so mad. But I I think that's going to be a huge disadvantage, especially if you have when to I use one for each game. Yeah, I never thought about that. You're you're right. That's an immense inconvenience that should have nothing to do with online gaming. Yeah. You should uh you should have your connection hooked up to the system properly. Mm-hmm. Then you should turn on the system, go into the online mode of it and play your goddamn game and that should be it. Yep. You know what they need instead of friend codes, right? What? They need uh, some sort of training program for parents. (laughs) 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 Teach them to watch their kids while they're playing video games. Yeah, that can be a separate uh, DVD that comes (laughs) with it. Parents can take it in the other room and go, When your children are online talking to strangers, monitor their activity. Show concern in your child's well-being. <laughs> it could be, could be uh, the game Wii Parenting, where you have to take the Wii uh, and spank your children <laughs> with it. Oh, Virtual oh spanking. <laughs> uh, we're going to be banned from the internet after this show. Whatever. I know. Fuck, <laughs> fuck the banners. Fuck the banners. So that's how I feel. I think it's, uh, right now, it's 360, then uh, Wii Parenting. Wii. That would be awesome. You make your... Your me parent, your me kids, and you put them in your me house, and you <laughs> oh no, you spank them. You could control. personalize the paddles. You could drill holes in it. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> put decals it, on it. Call it we abuse. Yep, it'd be a crafting system for paddles. Oh, god. <laughs> well, you could with the pointer. You could. Yep. You like char in six 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 to the paddle like my mom did. <laughs> Anyway, so I think uh, 360 is strongest, and then the Wii, and then PS3 way at the bottom. Yes, sir. I would uh, I would weigh in with the same estimation, but it's still young yet. Still, still too soon to call it. Definitely by a few years. All right, and uh, let's move on. The last question we have, which I'm sure was not really intended to be answered on the podcast, but we're going to do it anyway. They posted it, and yep. we promised everyone we would answer each and every question. So. so here we go. Final question is, when do we get to see a new episode? Anytime soon? How do you respond to that, Peter? Well, I think, uh, Jim, my answer would go, probably if I was being completely honest, I would have to say, <laughs> do your own cast. Give me something to do while I'm waiting for my next cast, you stupid shithead. Just stick your stupid opinions and your thumb, remove them from your ass, and put them on your keyboard and do your own fucking cast, asshole. But if I'm being a little more kind, since he is my friend, I'd probably just say that uh, 
We'll probably have one uh, as soon as he's listening uh, to this. <laughs> that's a good answer. <laughs> as soon as you hear this, that's when we'll have. When a you're new listening one. to this, we've got it. It's done. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the end of the uh, listener question segment. Long uh, listener questions. Segment Big this segment, time, but we have to show our loyalty to those taking the time to to ask. Yep, and we enjoy the questions, so keep posting them. If you have any questions at all, like we said, we'll answer all of them. Just want to run through quickly what we're playing. Like yeah, let's uh, kind of sprint through this because I have about sixty games I've been playing. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm gonna run through it real quick. Just list them off. I've been playing Master of Orion two. For PC, Ninja Gaiden for NES. What is Master of Orion? Master of Orion is a turn-based uh, sci-fi strategy game. Is that that sounds cool? Sounds like I'd like it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's you have to kind of manage uh, resources, upgrade your technology, and fight aliens. Cool. It's pretty cool. Um, so I've been playing that. Been playing Ninja Gaiden for the NES. Been playing Halo for the PC. Uh, Rainbow Six Vegas for the PC, Warhammer 40K, Dawn of War, Dark Crusade, which is a long fucking title for the PC, <laughs> Warcraft 3, the Frozen Throne expansion for the PS3, PS3. Did you just say World of Warcraft 3? I, Cause, cause who knows did. what I'm saying? At this point, I could have said anything. <laughs> I have no idea. Warcraft 3, the Frozen Throne expansion. Yes. For PC. Uh, Starship Troopers for PC. Uh, Counter-Strike Source for PC. Darwinia for PC. And Homeworld 2 for PC. God, that's a lot of fucking games. God, that is... <laughs> Have you done anything besides play games? <laughs> Actually, you would not believe it, but in that entire... in Since our last podcast, I have not only played all those games, but I have watched every episode of the new series of Battlestar Galactica, Watched every episode of Heroes. Watched every episode of Firefly. Oh my god. <laughs> watched 50 episodes... Oh, no, 60, 65 episodes of DuckTales. <laughs> oh, I love that I, show. It's a great show, but I have no idea how I fit all that in. 65 episodes. 65 episodes. Jesus H. Yeah. So I've been very busy with my media. That's what uh, not having a job will do. Of course, I won't be able to do that anymore. That kind of sucks. But got to make some money somehow. Yep. It's better than sucking dicks. Yep, which is what you used to do for a living. Yeah, which is why I had so much time. <laughs> so that's what I've been playing. I'm not going to talk about any of those. How about that? Oh, that's fine with me. I'll quickly run through my list, which is equally as daunting. Really? Yeah, wow. since oh yeah, you'll be amazed. Since the last time we did our podcast, mm -hmm. I have been playing um first of all there's uh Battlefield twenty one forty two and then um uh, copy and paste that, and do that over and over again. That's uh, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's, that's, that's a all huge I've list. played since our last cast. I kind of had a burnout. Yeah, you were explaining that earlier. So that's about it for uh, episode ten of Power Play. 
Yep, that's it for episode 10. As always, if you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, or you just want to chat with us, you can visit our forums at www.gongradio.com. Yeah, yeah! <laughs> that's G-O-N-G-Radio.com. Or send us an email at powerplay at gongradio.com. Also, we can always use more reviews on iTunes, so if you like what you've heard, feel free to write up your thoughts and leave us a review. And with that said, until next time, I'm Jim Jones. And I am Peter Street. Do the Mario swing your arms from side to side. Come on, it's time to go. Do the Mario. Take one step and then again. Let's do the Mario all together now. You got it. It's the Mario. Do the Mario. Swing your arms from side to side. Come on, it's time to go. Do the Mario. Take one step and then again. Let's do the Mario all together now. Come on now.